Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. And tonight we're doing a show with Marcia Southwick and Lisa Belanger. And I know you're familiar with those names. And we're going to touch on several things here. But right before we get rolling, I came across something today that absolutely made the hair stand up on my head. And, uh, oh, my goodness, they are proposing a chip to be put into people so that if they get the signs of dementia, they can end their life. It will will release like a a dose of fatal medicine, you know, poisonous medications. And um, (laughs) they claim that people would still have the option of changing their minds, at least prior to the onset of dementia. And whether for personal reasons or because an effective treatment for their condition has been developed. Now, you know that's a lie. Um, they go on, I get this, part of the essence of true humanity is caring and loving each other. Um, yes, I'm sure that is. Uh, there's a place called the Discovery Institute Center on Human Exceptionalism. And this man says, and don't any reader tell me that I don't know how difficult Alzheimer's can be. My mother died of the disease, spending the last five months of her life in my wife's in my home with quality hospice care. Well, now we know how she died. Um, was it easy? No. But so damn what? Part of the essence of true humanity is caring and loving each other, no matter how taxing and emotionally devastating, especially when a person is so ill or injured they can't take care of themselves. That's the best part of who we should be. Now, didn't that give you the warm fuzzies? Um, <laughs> chair of the pro-assisted suicide group, Dignity and Dying, uh, had the first reading in the House of Lords in England, May 26th of this year. Now, the reason this is important that it's in England, England is the one who developed what pathway system, which became hospice over here. And it was a run basically in central London. And in the space of a year, the pathway system, meaning we took you out by euthanasia or some other means, took out 1,300 senior people, and they considered it a huge success. Hospice was modeled on it, and the only difference was initially hospice was a good Samaritan organization. Under Obamacare, 
And this was put in by Republicans, so don't start in with your all the damn libs. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, put in the uh, request for $1.5 billion in funds to be given to hospice to convert from Good Samaritan to basically the Grim Reaper. And they're making a ton of money doing it. Uh, you don't want these people showing up. Um, it says, according to supporters of the bill, Dignity and Dying, the bill is modeled on legislation that has been in place in Oregon, USA, for over 23 years. It says other countries that have introduced supposedly restricted assisted suicide and euthanasia legislation have seen an expansion of their laws as medical professionals and activists push the boundaries of acceptable practice. Um, it goes on, uh, this this article um, uh, <laughs> It, but he talks again about euthanasia in Canada. He said recently the Canadian Parliament intends to further extend euthanasia legislation to people with disabilities and those with mental health issues. Well, Kaching, it's just like Oregon and I believe Maryland or Connecticut. I'm not sure about that, but those two states have made it legal to starve to death people with dementia or mental illness. Because society shouldn't be but burdened with taking care of them. I'm telling you, if you people don't get a clue, they're gunning for you. you got a big red X on your back. They're trying to figure out all kinds of ways to end your life. And it pre- <laughs> what is it going to take? I don't understand. It's all right in front of you. It's all right in front of you. People go, no, that's not true. And my church, screw your church. Um, I haven't seen one of them stand up for the seniors in this country. They're all screaming they're pro-life, pro-life, pro-life. Show me one church that stood up for one of its congregation members who got sucked into one of these guardianships. And they won't get involved because that's political. And they'd lose their tax-exempt status. No, it isn't political. It's humanity. It's the humane thing to do. That's what you're supposed to be about, you jackasses. Anyway, as you can tell, Mama ain't in a good mood tonight. This this bill really set me off. This really did. Um, <coughs> it says, if, in Oregon, if one doctor refuses to partake in euthanasia, the gen- patient is generally able to doctor shop until they find a willing executioner. There is a zero-state oversight, and the system relies on self-reporting by doctors who stand to gain from the business and rarely refer their suicidal patients to psychologists. Uh, Moreover, their claim that no one wants to live with dementia is a grossly dehumanizing message. People facing this illness are already constantly faced with such language that disregards their inherent human dignity, and it is irresponsible that influential publications should contribute to the callous cultural attitude that certain people's lives are worth less than others because they may suffer from a certain illness. And the same thing goes true for our elderly. Yes, it does. There are younger generations of so-called millennials are being brainwashed and conditioned into thinking that if you're over 50 or 60, you need to get gone because you're taking up stuff they need. And why do you want to live? We had that doctor come out and said that no one should want to live beyond 75. What's the point? Well, the point is we got a life. 
You first, doctor. You first. Um, I, I just don't even know what to say at this point. The idea of putting a chip in human beings so that you can shut them off when it, it suits you it is absolutely one of the most disgusting things. And yet, like I say, there's just silence, just silence. People here are so apathetic, so complacent. But anyway, our show tonight, we're going to, we got Marsha Southwick. Say hello, Marsha. Hi. How is everybody? Hi. Yeah, exciting week. Lisa Belant. Yes, Ronnie. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, Lisa Belanger, we all know Lisa. She's been with us many times. And um, say hello, life. Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Lisa. Yeah. Marsha. Hi. The game's yeah. back together. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, but we're going to be talking tonight about the Britney Spears case and what's going on with that. Everybody's out there rah-rahing and cheering that supposedly her dad stepped down. No, he didn't. And um, Lisa's going to be talking about that. And even if he had, all that's going to happen, as Lisa pointed out, is they're going to... They're going to just put in place one of their own hand-picked vultures to keep bleeding that estate. Nobody has has filed to end this thing, to get her out of it, to let her have her life back. Nobody has done anything they should have done, not even this new attorney. So, Lisa, what's what's your take on this? Wow. Okay. I I need like a multi-mini-series on this. Okay. Here's what I want the takeaway to be from Christine Brittany is that we really need to focus on that this is systemic lawlessness at the hands of attorneys and judges. I know it's easy to, a lot of people are focusing on the, the family dynamic. And it's, you know, easy to get caught up in the weeds in that. Uh, people really need to take a step back and be able to see that this is going on, okay? It's allowed to keep going because it's being facilitated by the lawyers and judges. So uh, I, you know, I, I'd like to give a shout-out to Surprise, at Surprise Witness on Twitter because uh, she has done a phenomenal job at providing an incredible uh, uh, database of actual documents um, in this particular case. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, and I imagine she uh, probably downloaded uh, the documents from PACER, uh, which is a very, very expensive uh proposition there. So I am, people should be very, very thankful uh, that At Surprise Witness has actually put a link on her profile page. Uh, This is so important and and I am so appreciative and grateful uh, that she has made it so that people can actually go to the documents and see things with their own eyes. People don't have to rely on other uh, supposed experts 
uh, take uh, take on the uh, matter. They can actually go to see it with their own eyes. You actually don't yep. need a, a a law degree to see what's going on in this yeah these documents. I mean, this thing from the very beginning, okay, it, it is is a, is a is a oh I, I don't want to swear. Um, because uh, <laughs> I'm really, I'm, re- I'm really over the top, you know. Uh, yeah. Broiling about, you know, th- this case. It's just maddening. Um, you can see from the documents that we know that her father actually supposedly began this petition, and it seems to me that they wanted to make it look like it was a very sudden thing that supposedly happened on January 31st, uh, where supposedly uh, her former boy, Brittany's former boyfriend and paparazzi, that there was a big uh, commotion that had happened on that day. Devil is in the details because I happened to I get to look through the first invoice from uh, Dad Jamie's attorneys, and it shows in her billing or her uh, sort of a description of her billing, which is <laughs> I'd have to say a lot of it is redacted, <laughs> conveniently so, um, and it shows that she she writes this out, initial exploration of conservatorship. And she says, I first spoke with Ms. Spears on early January 2008. Okay? So, this, this goes, you know, this, this is something that was calculated out. They want to make it look like yeah. it was a sudden thing on February 1st. No, it so was I, not. I have a question. Lisa, I have a question. Didn't I see on there that 72 hours worth of work ahead of the conservatorship was billed uh, once the, uh, you know, petition was filed and granted? Yes. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, I don't know how these people, you know, really live with themselves. I mean, there's, there's such con artists because... Uh, on this particular billing, and, and, and mind you, okay, uh, it goes, uh, technically, it goes from January to September. So what? That's supposedly nine months, right? And uh, Geraldine uh, Weil, I guess, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name, W-Y-L-E, and she would like the judge to think that the reasonable value of services, supposedly from that nine months time period was $670,000. <laughs> but, oh, my but God. She wants to show that, but wait, but, oh, no, 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 but wait. She, but, oh, they're, they're, so, they're so good, though, because, look, that, that, that's what the actual billing was. But, oh, she's giving a discount. And it says, oh. uh, we've received 275000 on the account of an estimated 50% of our fees. So... You know, she's, uh, oh. I'll, I'll tell you. 
Also, the other thing that's well, so interesting, Lisa, is that uh, that all when um, surprise witness goes into all the connections between the attorneys, I had no idea that they were so interconnected. Oh, okay, and that's but, frightening. But that's standard. But that is standard. Okay, this is not an anomaly. I mean, <laughs> this. Uh, when you look at all the different cases, that's why this is a court racket. And it doesn't matter what state you're in, because I'll guarantee you that, that there isn't a case that I don't know of that these attorneys don't have that inner, you know, yeah. working already. Yeah. So that, that's, that's not like a surprise, okay? I mean, that's right. business as usual. That is how they conduct us. That's why it continues on is because of that networking, right? And the judge and, and, and judge cannot pretend that they don't know about it, okay? Right. Especially, especially in, in this case. Now, I was looking at the, um, the uh, initial uh, petition, and what really struck me, okay, is that Uh, let's see. It actually says that they're they were seeking orders. Now, hold on to your seat, okay? It says orders related to dementia placement. Dementia? Crazy. You know what okay. else about that petition that's weird? Is that they what? claim it's all for mental health placement and you know, medical treatments and stuff like that. If that were true, why didn't they just file a single order to put her into a, a, a mental place to get some help that she needed? They didn't need what, to take what, away. Oh, There's nothing in well, there about the money, is there? Oh, well, okay. So let's go to the ex parte application because this is so gross. I need my barf bag. Okay. So talk about... Talk about, uh, I don't know if this uh, was a Freudian thing or, you know, just a, I, I, I tend not to think that this is a, a, a mistake. But so they're saying good cause exists, okay? So now the way we know it's requirement, and we know, okay, at the beginning, because they, they put it in, in that, you know, pink slip there into that three-day thing, okay? Yeah. And here's, here's one of the first grounds, okay? Brittany or her estate may suffer immediate and substantial oh. harm. Okay. There you go. Did you hear what I said? Brittany or her estate. How the hell does her estate even come into this equation at that particular right. time? Right. Right. And not even in. Or. Or. Yeah, wow. that's okay. crazy. Uh, oh, I, I'll tell you what. These people, this is such great language. I, I'm, I'm so amazed. Brittany's medical treatment may be impaired if she's given notice prior to the hearing. That's a new one it's on me. Okay. What did you say again? Okay, okay. Here we go again. Brittany's medical treatment may be impaired if she is given notice prior to the hearing. Oh, God. 
Now, yeah. the, so let's take hey. a little step back here. We also know, though, from the filings, though, it just so happens, right, at the very simultaneously, we know that this conservatorship actually is coming about uh, at the same time that her that Brittany's father files a restraining order on her uh, boy, first boyfriend. Sam, is it Sam Lefty? Yeah, Sam Lefty. Okay. I'm not sure he was her boyfriend, but he was. He had really. Uh, he's inserted himself into the lives of several celebrities. Right. But you know, who knows? But, 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 you know, who knows? And, and here's the thing yeah. on that. Okay, all we have are affidavits and, and you know testimony from from what the parents. Yeah, I, from I, Lynn. I, Okay, from Lynn, from Lynn and Jamie, I think. But from Lynn, that entire thing, I mean, the judge should have been uh, should have been outraged that the whole thing is basically on hearsay. I mean, right, how yeah. about, where are the actual first-hand witnesses? So you see how the judge well, is going along any. with this? Yeah. There well, are. Yeah. Lisa, look at every case right? we've dealt with. There are no witnesses. There is no evidence. It's simply they said so. And the judge or this hearing examiner ministerial then takes a look at the size of the estate and calculates how much money they will make off of it because every time a motion is brought in front of them regarding a case, they get a piece of the pie. Anywhere well, from on the East Coast, it's 2 to 3%. You get out West, it's 5 to 6%. Every time a motion is brought, he gets to tap that estate, too. So that judge is also looking at, what am I going to make off of this? So, of course, I'm not going to do anything that would stop the cash flow into my account, like ask for evidence or witnesses. Well, we're, we're not going to talk about that. the White Envelope Theater, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it goes to that real estate. Okay, real estate is a huge way in which they launder them the uh, yes. favors. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just that yes. language alone floored me. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it, it just seems that you, just reading that, I mean, the judge should have been like, what the what the heck is going on here? Yeah. I mean, that is so yeah. outlandish. Okay. Oh, here's and the, here's the noticed, detail. Here, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, all right. I was going to say, in the petition as well, uh, Jamie said that he brought the conservatorship in order to be able to uh, get for medical treatment. That That's not how right. this happened. You don't do mm-hmm. the conservatorship to be able to get evaluated. You need that medical certificate of showing you're incapacitated beforehand. And right. Procedurally, I mean, I find that, that you know, uh, I'm floored that, that the judge is going along with this. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it, it, it just shows business as usual. Here's a little detail. Here's a here's a little detail that'll that'll you know chill your bones. Uh, when Brittany was being picked up by the police, and there were helicopters and all these people around, her they had a code name for Brittany, and you know what it was? 
No. The package. The package. The package. Ah. The package. That was her code name. Oh, my God. The package is in sight. The package is here. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, my God. Devil is in the detail. Yes. All right. So all of that was planned before. I mean, a 5150 should be when somebody's in the act on the street trying to hurt somebody, stab somebody, or stab themselves, (laughs) right? There was no and event. Again corroborated, again corroborated by, by the attorney and her billing. Yeah. Wow. Then you take well, a look. Did, this, well, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Monty. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Lisa, with what you were saying. No. So I, was, so I also noticed that the judge um, conducted a hearing of course, without Brittany, and of course, they want to say that she waived yeah. her right, and in, yeah, and it shows that it says in this hearing she's not even there. Okay, and uh, it seems as though uh, there was an attorney Adam Streisand who uh, was trying to appear on her behalf, and the judge said, "The judge, this is in writing." The court finds that Ms. Spears had no capacity to retain Mr. Streisand. Okay, I want to know, on what basis is she evaluating that? Right, right. I mean, because her evaluation, okay, her, her 50, her, her uh, what, is, what is it, 5051, is that what it is, the hold? While she was yeah. in the hold and she was in the hospital, um, her family attorneys, you know, that had been involved with the kids and all that, they were worried about Brittany, and they they actually either called him, Adam Streisand, or Brittany called him. But he showed up in the hospital to try to help her. So, Jiminy. you know, Girls, so she okay. really tried. We've got a, we've got a, a caller on here we're going to take real quick. Area code 614. Did you have a question or comment? Hello, Marty. Yes, Chris. It's Chris. How are you, Marty? How are you guys going? Good. Doing Hi. Yeah. Yeah. How are you going? Well, well, we're still alive here in Australia. We're in uh, in lockdown at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. We're in. uh, I wouldn't even call it lockdown. We've been guardianised. The whole country, all of Australia, has been guardianised there. They've, they've uh, been able to guardianise individual people. Now they're trying to guardianise the whole country. And it, there seems to be, um, I think people are, in Australia are getting a, a nice taste of what guardianship looks like, that you can't move, you yeah. can't leave. Uh, we've all been we've all been Spears. Um, you know, Britney Spears is our, is our life for every single Australian here. And it's... Um, it's, uh, you know, listening to you guys, I was just driving. I mean, we can't drive outside five kilometres from our home. And, um, you know, you feel like you're under guardianship. And um, listening to you guys, with yeah. Brittany, I'm thinking, well, we're, every Australian is actually enduring that type of control. And we're all in this sort of like almost like Stockholm syndrome, if you want to look at it, and you yes. freeze. And what happens with guardianship yeah. 
and, and would have happened with Brittany as well, she froze when she first was put under guardianship. She had that loss of her child. I was listening to Lisa in terms of the capacity, and Lisa and I have had chats about this many times, um, in terms of the capacity with in terms of doctors. We need to start realising that the fix is in here, okay? There are doctors yeah. that are part of this. This is white-collar. There's a yes. white-collar cartel that's involved here. It's about money. If there was no money involved, then I see... And look, I've been in hearings, and that's why I've been off the radar for a while. We've been in quite a few hearings, and uh, the last few hearings that we've all been in, uh, in ASCA, um, representing victims and families... We're not even seeing the um, the victims attend the hearings. We it's already set up. Um, I've had various discussions and arguments with um, members, tribunal members, all over the state. They don't even care about capacity. They don't even bring in doctors. They don't even cross-examine uh, a person's capacity. They don't even allow a victim to have a say or a voice in this country. And they're doing this in America. This is a planned yes. takeover. End of story. Britney yes. Spears has money. Okay, you can find a doctor. We all know what, what they do. You find a doctor. You you question her capacity. Oh, did you see her take her top off? Did you see her dance? She's an entertainer, guys. That's what she does. She's an artist. She's creative. Yeah. She's going to do something a little bit different. But, oh, we can use that to our advantage and say that she's in unstable, that she needs help, and that's going to cost a couple of million dollars a year to do that. Okay, remove the money. Make sure none of them do it. Why don't they just care for her because they love her? And let, let's see if they're going yeah. to be so willing to spend their time to look after this poor woman. There's nothing wrong with her. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything. If, if, if you're living in that bubble, you will act a little bit differently. Um, you know, people question the Amish. People question certain religious groups, how they live. That's how they live. That's their environment. That doesn't mean someone should come in, substitute decision-making, take over every aspect of their life, their reproductive system, their, their choices in partner, whether they can have children, where they live, who they can access to, okay? Their money, their spending. It's yes. all about money. That's all it's about. Yes. Yes. I agree. Chris, you had said it's earlier... It's all about money and it's uh, a racket. starting... They're they're starting to arrest oh. advocates there. Oh yes, there's a we've got. I spoke to an advocate. Look, people are are really. Oh, excuse my. I, look, I won't swear online, but people are starting to lose it here. Um, yeah. to, to give you an, a rundown of our, you know, the guardianisation of Australia. Um, we um, have these edicts from our premiers. We cannot leave. We cannot go to a restaurant. We cannot um, uh, see our family. We cannot see our loved ones. Sound familiar? Um, we yeah. cannot. Yeah. Um, we can, we've got. We have to wear masks outside. I can remove the mask to drink a cup of coffee, but I cannot remove the mask to have a beer. It's all about associating. Oh. It's all about mingling with people. That's all. Yeah, yeah. We in Victoria. There's a new edict that um, we cannot go to our. If we've got a holiday home, we can't go to our holiday homes. We cannot um, drink in public um, any alcoholic beverages because we'll mingle with people. We have a curfew now, nine to five a.m. So from nine o'clock oh up to five in the morning, we can't leave. We can't leave our homes. We have become prisoners. In this, in our, in our state, a beautiful country has been taken over by 
Look, look, a virus, is, it, it doesn't work that way. People have suspended all forms of logic. A virus does not stop or, or, or become more rampant at 9 o'clock at night between 9 and 5 in the morning. Right. If anything, the virus will stop around that time. There'll be less mingling. This is about control. This is about us visiting people. This is about interaction. It's got nothing to do with a virus. So I'm, now it's daytime here. Okay, I can go out and talk to anyone I like, but somehow COVID becomes really dangerous at nine o'clock at night. I, I just you, yeah. and, and there are people who believe this rubbish. It's amazing how people believe yeah. this. I can't yeah. believe it. I Do you know uh, that thing about it's like you're socializing? Yeah, and talking to one another. This thing they're attempting to do to stop communication between people. Right. Um, I discovered this about five, six years ago up in Minnesota when a tornado hit the town I lived in, absolutely decimated the place. And, of course, we lost power. At 11.30 at night, the power came back on. And I thought, here I'm sitting, our house, of course, survived everything, but around us was wreckage. Everywhere you looked, it was just devastating. And I thought, the power's back on, and that just struck me up. Then the Internet came back up. Within the hour, and TV was back on. I thought, well, this is weird. I got to looking, and I went back to Homeland Security for something I knew I had read there some years before. And it it is a rule in Homeland Security, a statute, regulation, whatever, that in after a natural disaster of any kind, it is imperative to get power restored as quick as possible before you do anything yes. else. The reasoning for it was because if you didn't, people were likely to come out of their houses and start talking to one another. And they might start socializing. Yes, and this was to be prevented at all costs. So funding was actually provided to do exactly this, to get that power reestablished right now. And um, so this thing about that they know that social isolation is very detrimental. Um, it, it breaks people down very quickly. And like you say, you're being held prisoner just like we're being held prisoner, not to such a degree, but we are. And But oh, it, it breaks oh, people down. The number here. of suicides, yeah, the suicides are yeah, through the roof. We've even got kids well. committing suicide. Yep. And now because people well, finally well. figured out with these faked up vaccines that aren't vaccines that – they need to see we've got um, just up under 13,000 dead that they'll admit to from the vaccines and a half a million permanently injured. And people, of course, have backed up and said, oh, I'm not doing this. So what happens? Why well, we came out with the Delta variant and that didn't scare you enough. So now we're coming out with the Lambda variant and that'll mm. scare you. And so that you get back in line. Um, I don't know what it's going to take, Chris, but you yeah, our group, our group have always said that when it comes to, there will always be a virus because that's just nature. There will, you can call it what yeah. you can call it, Susan. You can call it whatever you want to call it. The flu or these viruses do. Um, there are viruses that do mutate, that do change. But well, let's look at just the real yep. facts here. Okay, we've been pro-choice all the way. If you want to, and there were members in our group that have taken the vaccine, and there are members like me that will not. And I've always said, 
that's what freedom of choice allows you. But let's look at the risks here. Yeah. We have a virus that has a near 100% success rate. Okay, not, let's not look at the, what we tend to do and a lot of people tend to do is that look at that 0.01 risk. Let's look at the positive, okay, if the glass is half full, okay. So we're going to look at that and say we have a virus that nearly has a 100% success rate, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, COVID or whatever. Um, we also have um, that issue. So that's, that's a positive, okay. The second thing that we have to assess that is the risk of taking an experimental vaccine, and it is experimental, that's their own words. It's not our words, it's their words. So we have this experimental vaccine versus the risk of dying. The risk of a reaction, in my view, is far higher than the risk of dying. And that's the reason why I won't have a vaccine, okay? Because in my view, mm -hmm. I'm not personally a person, I'm very cautious by nature. So I won't, I won't have this jab at all. I'm not interested, okay? Now, I've assessed my own risk. Uh, every person has the right to assess their own risk, and they do. But now we're being forced, okay? And there seems to be this extreme fundamental view that you are a danger to society if you're not vaccinated, which is absolute rubbish, okay? By their own admission... Okay, people who take this vaccine are shedding and they're also producing these uh, uh, antibodies and, and spreading the virus. So to me, whether you're vaccinated or not makes no difference because you can still spread any viruses, you can still spread whatever you want to do. What concerns me the most, and it's not about the vaccine and I always respect people's choices, what concerns me is the our executive arm of government forcing us forcing us and, and, and coercing us to take something that, we, that many people don't want to do. So you won't be able to go into certain restaurants, you won't be allowed to, to um, buy certain products or, or visit certain venues. This is a human rights violation. And when you look right. at it from, uh, the, uh, from, the, from our human rights and the treaties that were set up in the UN, it contravenes every treaty, every, every convention and our basic human rights. And, I, I'm, and these rights can only be suspended in a short term, temporarily in times of severe unrest. Then you've got to ask yourself, right. is this virus enough to suspend our human rights. It isn't, in my opinion. Well, here's, here's what, and that's here's what infuriates really, me. Here's, here's, here's an interesting detail, too, that NPR reported first, which is, you know, this Operation Warp Speed, oh. which is what is creating the vaccines, right? It was a public par uh -huh. private partnership. So it's, a, it's the government plus, uh, plus private yeah. companies to rapidly develop and distribute the vaccine, right? But what happened was the $6 billion or $6 billion uh, awarded through these contracts, there are all these contracts going for the vaccine, different, different things associated with the vaccine, and they're all secret. And, they're, and these contracts were, were awarded through this company uh, that's associated with the military and with uh, the government. So, you know, it's just, it, it's uh, dominated by, uh, by military, military yep. people who don't have any experience in healthcare or anything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very, very, uh, that should be disturbing to people. It's the industrial I mean, it should. Yes. 
Yes, exactly, Lisa. And, you know, that's a thing, too. I just saw uh, yesterday it was sent to me the um, head of the Marines, whoever that top guy is, got into it with the Department of Defense who said all the military had to take this vaccine. And oh, yeah. even mentions the fact that uh, they're, they are not U.S. citizens anymore when they sign up. I don't know if you know that or not. When you sign up to go in the military, you're expatriated for the term of your enlistment. And you have no constitutional rights. You have nothing. You are government-issued property, hence the nickname the GIs. And he talks about them. They are the property of the Pentagon and Department of Defense. And they will take this oh, vaccine. Yes. And the head of the Marines came back and said, no, they won't. And, um, you know, if they want to do it, that's up to them, but they don't have to. So not all of it, but see, what concerns me is, and go back to guardianship a minute here. We we have stood back, fought this thing, but still stood back and watched it grow into the monster it is. And we got absolutely no help, state or federal, from our legislators, our governors, the president, nobody. Nobody. Uh, this recent bill that just came out, Chris put it out, it is another fluff and buff. It it does nothing. It you know it cites no crime. It doesn't even make a mention of these predator guardians, these professional parasites. Doesn't make any mention. It nothing. It just says you know states should collect. You know doesn't say they have to, but they should. It would be nice if they collected statistics. And you know damn well every court in this state or your state is collecting statistics who was in court who was the judge how many times were there blah 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 they have all that stuff they claim they don't but of course they don't. <laughs> after 30 years and, 30 yeah, years no yeah. data <laughs> yeah yeah there you go exactly and but here's the thing you know you've got all this going on this first round and i'm, I'm watching this and comparing this situation to guardianship this lack of nothing this nothing, no response. And here's the government pushing this crap. And not one of our legislators stood up and said, wait a minute, you can't do this. Now, the first round took out a fair amount of the economy, all small businesses, family owned, so on. But it didn't do enough damage. So they had to keep it going. The whole idea behind this is to absolutely destroy your local economy, um, destroy the job market so that you have no choice. Mm, This is fascism at its finest. You have no choice but to go along with what they're saying. Um, I've been watching USDA, and they're deregulating soybeans, genetically modified. They're deregulating genetically modified corn and Mm. other grains. This is happening for a reason. Bill Gates owns over 300,000 acres of prime agricultural land. He doesn't want to be bothered with regulations, so they're just going to get rid of them. Um, But I'm saying all these things may seem disparate, but they're all connected. They are all part of a larger plan, and they hit you with this, and they hit you with that. And you think, well, why is this happening? I was looking at this over here. These things are all connected. But this thing, and watch Australia. Because what's happening there is coming oh, here. It's mm-hmm. coming yeah. here. Make no mistake exactly. about it. Exactly. And all of well, this is happening. What we're seeing yeah. here in well, Australia, no. Marty, okay, is the guardianisation of Australia. Okay, they have yes. sacrificed 
half the economy, which is the transfer of wealth, is, be, is going to the big end of town. The top end of town is not affected yes. by this, uh, these lockdowns. We are seeing cash business, right. mum and dad businesses, small business, medium business, the middle class is being decimated, and they're not even aware of it. I think yes. they're just walking in a, in a lumberland. And what they've done smartly here to subside any riots, we have a social security system here which pays a pittance to these poor people so they just give them enough yep. to pay their bills enough to buy the milk and bread so they don't rebel because we know what hungry people do okay and they yep. basically lull people into this universal income which i support a support mechanism i think every decent society should have a basic support mechanism for their for their vulnerable however Governments have sat there and realised this is one way to quell riots. This is one way to control. And one day they're going to turn that tap off as well. But it'll be too late. Okay, yes. we're being forced. We're being forced. We cannot. No jab, no job is being discussed here. Do you believe this? Yep. No jab, no job, Yo, no yep. jab. It's all in. It's all interconnected. Everything. Okay, but they've taken it one step further in Australia. Because they have guardianised the whole country. Okay, you can't do anything. And people think, oh, this will subside. No, this is the new normal. We have a New South Wales health officer who went on air and said, this is the new normal. This is the new world order. I've always believed, I've heard this new world order. I've always thought it's a conspiracy theory, blah, blah, blah. I heard him. We heard him say it. He said, this is the new normal. Even if we're all vaccinated in Australia, even if we all comply, these lockdowns are not going away soon. The legislation in 2019 stipulated that the COVID measures, the restrictions, the suspension of human rights, all of that was was going to occur until April 2022. They always put it down in the legislation. We saw that. We warned people last year. People think we were crazy. Oh, come on, Christine. Da-da-da. You and Chris, you know, what are you doing? It's in the legislation. We provided a um, we provided um, a documentation to prove what we say. We don't we don't run with anything without facts. Okay, that's what we just right. don't do. That now, what we saw also in Australia is a no fault liability scheme, which we've been pushing. If you take the vaccine in this country and there are adverse effects by taking that vaccine, you're on your own in this country. Yeah, here, in that's here too. They have a that's right. Yeah. So you're on your own. And the government's not going to come in and babysit your children. And the government's not going to come in and look after you. Right. You, I had, we, we sent a letter to our federal minister, the Honourable, I don't know why they use that word, but the Honourable <laughs> Greg Hunt. And he sent a letter back and mm. he said, we have a really good hospital system here. But you know what? We know, Mr Hunt, we know what our hospital system's doing once we go in there and we're... Um, we're not well. You're either guardianised, and we have seen, like in Theresa and Eddie's mum's case, euthanasia, okay, alleged yep. euthanasia, I have to use the word alleged. Yeah, thank you. You know, there's an allegation yeah. of being, um, you know, and we can't even talk about this because if we say a name, we get sued. So they gag us as well. We can't yeah. live like this. We can't live. We're, we're and not being able and to the other, the, another piece of this is, is I saw this the movie about Edward Snowden, this movie, and yes. what, you know, as he was releasing all this information about 
surveillance in this country. And that was back in 2013 that he came out with all that. Yep. And, you know, just data, the big data is so frightening. I mean, we're all being listened to, you know, right now. And uh, it's not just they'll necessarily use it. But what they do is they they take all the information, (laughs) right? They take all that data, they analyze it, and then throw it back at you in some way. You know, which is well, really see, that, weird. That, you can you can hear all about that on Netflix. There's a movie called The Great Hack, and it's about Cambridge yes. Analytica, and they collect yes. all this information, millions of pieces of information, and develop a profile on who you are and what you like and what you're most likely yep. going to do. Think pre-crime, yep. Um, yep. but there is all of this. But go back to Real ID. There was no need for real ID. There was no viable. In fact, I've even written Homeland Security and said, what is supposed to be the purpose of this identification? I couldn't get an answer. Well, you know, to keep the country safe from who? You? Yeah, um, really. Yeah. But so, so few people signed up for it. It was supposed to become fully effective the 1st of October last year. So few people signed up for it. That or is, was it this year? They've had to push the, the the date back to May 3rd of 2023. But Real ID was the forerunner of this COVID pass thing, and this chip they're talking about now putting in. See, it's all starting to coalesce. It's all starting to come together. But it is total surveillance, and they are desperate to get people to get this shot, not because it's going to prevent anything, but because as the vice president of AstraZeneca said, don't look at it like a vaccine because it really isn't. We know that. We just called it once we got immunity and protection. It's look at it like uh, the installation of an onboard operating system, much like what's in mm-hmm. your computer. And this right. stuff spreads all through your body. Okay, this virus, this uh, mRNA, whatever the hell this thing is, and it spreads all through your body. And it makes you interoperable with, like, G5, your cell phone. (laughs) You know, Cat Williams joked about it's going to come to the point where when your phone rings, you're going to tap your tongue and start talking. And, (laughs) um, you know. But um, the the thing is, what I'm saying here is, all of this is coming together. The push, they're tired of messing with us. And there's too many of us for them. Go ahead. Marty, I told you about this program, Hello Baby. It's somewhere in Pennsylvania. And what it is, is they do all this search, on big data search, on parents who are having a baby. And they, they predict what social services this child might need in the future, which puts them instantly on the radar of, of uh, you know, foster care um, and all this stuff, right? Welfare and uh, it just puts them in harm's way right from the time you're born. And the thing is you have to opt out. Well, most people who are having a baby, they're not going to have, they're not going to look at the paperwork, you know, they're having a baby. They're just going to sign whatever. Yeah. Well, and you know, the thing is, so, they've come well, up with this thing, too, about they're talking about yeah. guardianizing. The first I heard of it was out in San Francisco, not guardian, putting under conservatorship all the homeless people. And everybody's going, oh, isn't this wonderful? They're finally going to take No, they're yeah. not going to take care of them. They're going to make sure they're all signed up for Social Security 
or whatever benefits they can get, railroad, VA, whatever. Yep. And they're going to make themselves the assigned payee on all their benefits, and they're going to leave them right out there in the street while they bank all their money. They aren't going to do you anything know. to help these people. That's, Go ahead. That's the bread and butter oh, of the guy in racket, right? It's, yes, yes. Even people, people have this idea that it's just about, you know, the rich, but it really isn't. That's just like yeah. the, no. the whipped cream and the cherry on top because uh, the reality is that I would say the the bulk of it is uh, people who actually don't have a lot of financial worth uh, in terms of uh, you know a balance sheet, but for the uh, for the court racket, they're looking at the uh, government benefits, the SSDI, the SSI, VA. I mean, yep. they're building the Medicare and Medicaid, and I can't believe well, you know, they Yes, Lisa, Lisa, they yeah. Marty and I were talking about this last week, but the foster care systems in a lot of states. Uh, what they do, most states actually, I think, uh, what they do is when the kids in foster care, they the agencies search for all of their benefits that they might receive, right? Let's say their dad yeah. was a was in the war and died or something. They get all those benefits and they they take them, and so the kid leaves yeah. foster care with nothing at eighteen. Yep. They're yep. just dumped out on the street. Yeah. Oh, so, not to mention drugged out of their mind, forced drugging with antipsychotics, yes. by the way. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Well, and we had we had all those kids die in Florida here about six years ago, and they were all foster care children. The youngest one was two years old, and mm-hmm. that they were they had leased them out to the pharmaceutical companies for drug testing on psychotropic drugs. And some of those kids were taking 12 of these drugs a day. And so Florida was going to, yeah, the only person who went to jail was a psychiatrist who actually wrote the prescriptions. But the state is making money hand or fist on the kids, leasing them out. Okay. So Florida comes up with do this. The Mm -hmm. FDA ran down there with bags of money and paid everybody off to make sure that bill didn't pass. They were absolutely rabid and uh, to stop that bill from being passed. And something people need to understand, they will test on us. This isn't the first time they've tested stuff on us. If you look at the history of, like, say, the CIA, uh, the military, they have done grotesque things to the public over the years. I mean, the Tuskegee experiment always comes to mind um, where they took all those black men Infected them with syphilis and then let them waste away and die while they watched them to see how the disease progressed. Have all the the LSD. Yeah, and um, well, giving them placebos, like, right? Yeah, they gave them placebos and I pretended that, that was treatment. They were well. getting treated. They did that in Auschwitz yep. as well. They tested on people. I know people who were. Who've told me stories? They did this in on Auschwitz, in um, Auschwitz as well. They haven't changed. They won't change. Um, no. Nope. Uh, look, we can all differ on, uh, you know, what this vaccine will do. Okay, what really gets to me, and and to many in the group, is that it's about control. Our, our voice yes. our, and our ability to to make a decision is being removed, and that's what really yep. offends me. If people want to take a vaccine. And they've assessed their risk, that's fine. Let them do that, okay? But assess your risk. You need to assess your risk. And that's what a lot of people are not doing. 
the worry that right. I have is that there's this real push in Australia, a real quick push to push people into a decision that they have not had an opportunity to assess. Like I said, there are many in our group that have taken the Pfizer shot. There are many that, have, like myself, that have not, okay? I don't judge anyone. However, it, it comes down to individual risk. But what is missing in all of this debate, what I see, people are not assessing the risk. They're, they're being led to believe that they can trust their government. And if you look into history and you look at in the past, I'm very sceptical of the executive arm of government, always have, have been, democide. Okay, the, the, the yes. natural, well, the biggest killer um, facing or the biggest threat to humanity is your own government. That's a fact, yes. that's yes. not a lie. You look at all the regimes yes. over the years, look at the Ukraine. Uh, we've spoken about this, Marty, about the Holodomor. We're, we're seeing that yes. here. Look at look what happened in the 1940s. Dissidents, Jews, gypsies. People were killed. People were rounded up. Do really people believe that this has changed? We have Australians here who are telling me one member of ours is actually packing up, uh, going through probate at the moment, and intends to move to the United States to Georgia. <laughs> He said, I'm going to buy a stock oh. and I'm out of here. No, but compared uh -huh. to Australia, Georgia seems like paradise to this guy. He, he's out of yeah. here. Now, we've got a problem that in Australia, we don't have a Bill of Rights here. We don't have a Bill of Rights. We don't have a constitution that really supports human rights. Okay? So you're seeing what you're seeing in Australia. Australia is wonderful as a test. They, they need a lab. And we're the lab. We're the guinea pigs here. And they're pressuring us to do things now that many Australians are not comfortable in making that decision. We've been forced in the last six months with lockdowns. We've had 50 weeks of lockdowns here in Victoria. Okay, 50 weeks in, in wow. the last 18 months. That's quite huge. And nationwide, only 25% of people have taken the full vax. Okay, what does that show you? There is a natural resistance. And because people are resisting, they're doubling down further. And yeah. that, for me, is the problem. I'm, like I said, I believe in human rights. You have the right to make a mistake. You have the right to disagree with me. You have the right to inject anything in your body. Your body, your choice. That's what I've, I've believed in, in most cases, okay? So you have that right. However, we're not without those rights are being pulled away from us, and that's what concerns our group. We have vulnerable people in our group who have lost capacity legally. They haven't lost capacity; they still can make decisions. Um, they've been denied the right. They've been denied the right to refuse the vaccine because the guardian is overriding right. their choice, and that's just unfair. That is not. Fair. That is wrong. This is a decision. It's a basic decision of yes or no that they still can make. These guardians are vaccinating all of our disabled. And that's a really, really... Not to mention that they're guardianizing people who, who yes. are uh, opposing the government. And gosh forbid, if you vocalize that you're criticizing the government, and that's happening here in the U.S., okay? That that they are they're actually making it so that people are uh, section twelve or uh, that's in Massachusetts, but 
you know, yeah, pink slips. Yeah, sectioning them. Yeah, they're doing that. I've got a yeah. lady at the moment, and I don't know. We don't know what to do. She she snapped. She really did snap. She she um, uh, basically uh, started going on YouTube and saying that we need to overthrow the government. Da da da. She's now being sectioned in a hospital, um, and we just don't know what to do. We, you know, people are being sectioned. Advocates are being targeted. Um, I've been targeted as, as many as Marty knows. Um, for what? For having an opinion? Uh, for having a viewpoint? Look, I believe in in um, common sense. That's it. I believe in free choice and common sense. When has that been a crime? Um, you know, it, it, it's just I don't judge anyone with the choices they make, but it's a risk they have to assess. Now, when you've got someone who has a disability, and, um, for example, my father has a disability, if he doesn't want to have a, a vaccination shot, he has every right to say no. Why will he, should he be denied that right? It's just ridiculous that people uh, are being, to me, culled off, I mean, or, or just refuse the right to have an opinion or a say. And I'm starting to see something that's really interesting. I'm seeing well-educated people, people that should know better, their logic is suspended when it comes to this. They're almost fanatical. It's, it's bizarre. Yeah. You know, I think logic. that divisiveness, I think that divisiveness has been perpetrated for a long time, uh, especially oh, when yeah. it came yes. to Trump versus Biden or Trump versus everybody yeah. else. I mean, the stuff that w- would come out of people's mouths on either side were absolutely right. crazy, yeah. and that's no accident. People just set aside their logic well, and became and, divisive. And, and now noticed, the same thing's happening uh, with the vaccine. Now, have you noticed that if you say anything to one of these Trump people, these, you know, <laughs> this is something I've never seen it to this degree. If you don't agree with, oh, he won the election. No, he didn't. Um, you know, it, this all this stuff, and the, the election was stolen. No, it wasn't. And, uh, you know, but all of this stuff going on and on and on. But these people will become hysterical. They will scream at you and absolutely like they're losing their mind. I have never it's seen true. people it's this a, brainwashed it's, over. Yeah. It's true with this, with the... Uh, extreme just social justice warriors too i mean they get yes. rabid too people get rabid oh, and it's, yes and so I something some of those is memes. huh yeah. no some i'm just saying you know this divisiveness the divisiveness has been it, yes. it has been created it's too yes. illogical yes. for it to make sense yes it's totally yep, illogical. Yep. In, in so, Australia, and that's what they're arguing here. Oh, sorry, sorry. In Australia, what they're oh, yeah. arguing here, you hear the, the common the common phrase, trust the science. Well, it shouldn't <laughs> be about the science. It should be about trusting logic. We should be talking, this should be a logical, sensible discussion with the facts. And I'm seeing, um, yeah. it's interesting, they say trust the science, and then I see these, they're presented with illogical facts and fear. That's not science. That's fear that you're using. The fear is you, they need to break, That's yeah. right. They need to break it down to risk. Risk versus catching COVID and dying of it. Risk versus taking the vaccine. So then people have a choice to make. Exactly. And there shouldn't be no exactly. force. There should be no, there should be no force. And then I'm seeing 
a common thing that I see uh, people who have uh, my son for instance we've had this discussion and we've thought about it he's studying science as well and he's in that dogma oh mum you know you've got to trust the science and I said you just got in you haven't even got a degree yet you're telling me about science where's (laughs) the logic so when you start going from arguing the vaccine debate and choice because it's a human rights issue here people forget that this is not about um, anything else is there, are people dying in the streets from COVID no um, we don't see nope. them in the epicenter of COVID but it's what it's no all about is money it's money yeah, it's that's money right. if you follow I mean, the money on that they're fabricating the statistics I mean well I'm not I mean, the is, point is, look, this, science is one thing. Are... Science Go is ahead. one thing, but trusting the scientists is a whole other. The people who are in exactly. control of the science, that's a different story. Why should anyone not question that? Why shouldn't people question their own motives of their government? Hey, wait a minute. You're pushing all this stuff on me. Wait, hold it. I want to know more. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, and the other thing is, too, if this was anything like what they're saying it is, um, we, we, as human beings, as a species on this earth, we encounter viruses all the time. In fact, we carry viruses in our body. And so, but if this was the plague that they claim it is, I say the only people dying are in hospitals and nursing homes. You've got 59,000 people homeless sitting dead in the middle of Los Angeles, and yet they're not ridden by this plague. You've got homeless encampments all over the country that are not affected. And so this in in and of itself, considering their living conditions, it says, wait a minute, something's wrong with this whole spiel on this thing. We, We have been set up. And as I've said on several other shows, I cannot believe the the apathy and complacency of people in this country. I just cannot believe it. And the people that, I'm telling you, these people with these masks, which you don't see too many of them anymore, in fact, hardly any at all, but when it was in full throw, people walked around with this martyred look on, you know, what you could see of their eyes. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sacrificing myself for you. No, for you're not doing good. a damn thing for me. Yeah, oh, the greater good. Yes, yes, that's a good one. And then they came out and said, you needed to wear two masks, and people actually did. And I think this Yeah, was, I have a friend who did that. I, I couldn't I believe it. I, I guess yeah, that was my response. I just said, people actually put two masks on. Yeah. Sorry, I went into a church full of 500 people wearing a mask. It's not supposed to be. It should have been a church of 20. I walked in and I saw all these people all sort of separated, wearing a mask. Once the service was over, they all hugged each other. I said, well, that defeats the purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've seen some crazy There's a lot of that. Oh, And Kate, now then, um, is something else that came up today. Um, is that it's a bill called H.R. 4980. It's this 117th Congress. 
to direct the Secretary of Homeland Security to ensure that any individual traveling on a flight that departs from or arrives to an airport inside the United States or a territory of the United States is fully vaccinated against COVID and always this statement, watch out for this and for other purposes. Okay. Now here's the thing. It's the vaccinated. Yes. Um, Other purposes? Yes. Yes. Um, I have to go through the bill to find out what those other purposes might be, but it might yeah. be like that bill that Charlie, that um, what's his name down there in Florida, DeSantis passed and signed about there would be no vaccine passports in Florida. But when you read through the bill, what there would be is basically uh, internment camps, and they could take you from your home if you're not vaccinated and blah, blah, but you don't need a vaccine passport. Uh, well, they call them isolation. About- what are they? There's a word for it, a very benign-sounding word. Yes. It's uh, can, uh, isolation centers or something. There's a yeah. very, I don't know what they, I was looking that up, you know, trying to figure that out. And, at the, same, and at the same time, Homeland Security is hiring new trainees to conduct these internment camps. And... Um, so, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? There's everything happens. You can see it all dovetailing together. But if you remember back after Iraq, after we, for no reason that I can think of, attacked that country, yeah. had nothing to do with 911. Of course, George Bush walked away scot free. But anyway, um, they had set up these basically concentration camps, re education centers all over the country and where I did live there in Minnesota there was reported to be one about 11 miles away from me and the person who told me said you what you need is a black light he said and then come up coming you're going to be going east on this highway he said look at the back of the highway signs it'll have all sorts of arrows and directions and everything else follow them we did it it took us out to a area that so you went down this one specific road. It wasn't visible from, like, the highway. But here is this huge camp down there. And it has gates, you know, intake. Uh, you go to Section A or you go to Section B. There's railroad tracks running right along there. There's a brand-new, like, depot built there. And I thought, oh, my God. But now we're t- we're hearing where they are building these camps across the country and several of the bases that Rumsfeld shut down when we're attacking, you know, we're under attack from everybody everywhere. So he's closing bases all along our coastline. That didn't make sense to me. I'm not a military person, but I'm sorry that didn't make sense. Well, it turns out all of them have been converted into basically concentration centers. It's, and it's they're called all a community, now- community isolation center. Yes, yes. So put everybody that's been vaccinated in there. Now, what I tell people that say, you know, say to me, did you get your vaccine? No. Well, I got mine. Please back up. Please back up. You've been intentionally (laughs) infected and you're transmitting whatever it is. Please back up. Please. And they just look, well, what do you, what do you think that you are shedding whatever they injected in you? Please back up. And the look (laughs) Well, this and I've got yeah. Well, I've got an article coming out about this. Uh, we don't need to prevent unvaccinated people from flying. We need to prevent these vaccinated people from loading up an airplane and carrying whatever they've been infected with to another destination. 
These are well, the people well, you know, this, this whole thing, this whole thing about vaccinated versus um, unvaccinated. I mean, I was vac- I vaccinated because I'm older, and my son did not. And the whole thing, I mean, I, the stuff I've seen around people when he, since he's not vaccinated, it's all fake because, I mean, the truth is, I think that vaccinations are most likely part of the reason why they're mutations, right? Because that's yes, we're still, that's and especially if you've only been, yep. especially if you've been vaccinated once and didn't do it twice, you've got mutating viruses still around. And so yep. they're blaming it on unvaccinated people, which is really, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. That makes well, sense. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It, no, it's, it's a false it's not logical. Yeah, it's not even logical. And thus vaccinated are not sick. It's you people that were vaccinated that got sick. I know. Trust uh, me, I, I had terrible, terrible side effects. I mean, they were unbelievable. I can't even believe I, uh, you know, I've reported them. But they're not, they'll never go anywhere, those reports, you know. But it's like um, Massachusetts but, here was it last week. They had 746 yep. people. They claimed had new cases. But almost 700 of them were fully vaccinated. Right. Yep. Uh, out of Oh, the clincher was. Another thing about the vaccines, because it is experimental, if you step up and take that vaccine, it's considered informed consent and you did it voluntarily, your insurance company will not cover any damages. So that's a ruck on that one. But Marty, the, the greatest thing, the other day I picked up the newspaper and it said, man dies a vaccinated man dies of COVID, but it could have been worse. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I saw that. And then, of course, it became a meme everywhere. And, you know, yeah. but do you believe it that? I mean, worse. could have been worse. Well, okay. Yeah. We saw that, yeah. we saw that in so. Australia as well. We saw that in Australia as well. Yeah. We saw that headline. I think uh, going back to the quarantine Camps, the discussion on that, and from my perspective, uh, like like um, like others, I mean, it is a personal choice, and I respect a person's decision. I do not respect people belittling little uh, people who have not been vaccinated. I find that exactly. offensive. I find it disgusting. Um, I think um, these quarantine camps. If you need to look at where your future, where the American future is heading you need to look at australia we already have them here so initially they started off when they shut everything down all the hotels to save these businesses became quarantine centers they are now building facilities all over australia to house people now why are we housing people where we're on a an isolated island and apparently there is no one coming in and out but they are really um, there's no one coming in and out and we apparently have contained this virus. Now, we have shut every form of business here at Bar, the essential businesses, and this virus is still running because if it's highly infectious, the only way you can stop a virus that's highly infection is to cease all forms of communication. That's not going to happen in a society. So what do you do next? You have to live with it. There will be people that will die. There will be people who are vaccinated that will die. There are people who won't take the vaccine. They will live, they will die. That's just what's going to happen. It's, 
you can't protect everything and everyone. Death is a certainty for all of us. We don't know where that's going to come from. But living in a bubble, afraid to go out and ordering online, that's not the future I want. That's not the future many Australians want either. They never even looked at least restrictive options. Say, look, guys, there's a virus. Okay, we think there should be a mask. We're not going to shut everything down, but we're going to do this and this and this. They haven't done that here. They have shut everything. They have put curfews on. You cannot drink whilst you're walking. Um, You need to keep that mask on. I mean, they talk about the Taliban and um, the, the hijab being put over these women. The mask is the same. I mean, people are looking yes. at that. We're, we're being covered as well. It's just a, less of a material. Yes. I'm sure there'll be a head headgear soon coming a, around our corner. I mean, yep. this is crazy. It's, and, especially um, for women. Just, yes. And then yeah. I, my grandmothers and great-grandmothers, 400 years in Greece, had to cover their whole eyes and head and everything because they were under the Ottoman rule. And they had to fight that. 400-year fight, Okay. That's what we're seeing now, These, this, this tyrannical form from the executive arm of government. It's never gone away. They just change the rules, they change yeah. the tactics, and they see how far they can get away. And I, I've got to hand it to Americans. They seem to be far more resistant than what's happened here. We've got a real problem here. Uh, people are frightened here. Well, people know. People are waking uh, up, but they, they know it's crazy. Not well, enough I can say something here. Yeah, but the the thing is, this is all about the economy globally. And like I say, we're being threatened now with this Delta thing and the Lambda thing. You know, if you're not vaccinated, the vaccination is to make you interoperable with electronics and 5G. And this destroying of the local economy is to force you into shopping online, digital currency. You won't be able to go anywhere or very few places that will actually operate like a retail store of any kind. They, they're shutting down. Look at these malls. They're sitting three-quarters empty. They're, they are determined to destroy your local economy, your independence, your little family-run stores and businesses, the things that generate the economy and keep things going and flowing and you know make things vibrant and worth worth being there and so this has to be destroyed to force you into this digital currency and i found out this last week they have now come out with debit cards for children and that will get them accustomed to using that card and not desiring cash (coughs) (coughs) excuse me and but this is a debit card. They said, you know, for that way they could manage their allowances. My first question was, are these kids going to have a bank account, or did you already create one for them? And something, you get a clue here, people. They are overthrowing all of us and our natural way of living uh, that was good for basically everybody. Of course, you had the poverty zones and you had people who just you know weren't going to fit in anywhere but they have been trafficking us and our kids and the disabled and the mental mental, mentally ill they traffic us they buy sell and trade us everybody's making Mm -hmm. money and the reason a lot of these guardians these professional parasites will do business by volume 
instead of going after a big mistake is, as someone pointed out to me last year, think about it, Marty. One person on Social Security can be worth a million dollars in the local community between doctors, hospitals, therapists, yeah. nursing yeah. homes, pharmacy, yeah. this, yeah. that, something else. They could generate that kind of money. So, of course, we have that parasite running up there in Detroit, Michigan, that Mary Rowan now has over 1,800 wards, all of them Social Security, VA, railroad retirement, made herself the payee on all their benefits and stores them in one of her run-down, dilapidated, uninspected residential homes, and they just keep giving her more. I'll go back again to this bill (coughs) that they just came out with, and a lot of the advocates are crowing about, oh, it's wonderful, you know, uh, Chris, Senator Chris, actually, you know, it is nothing. It is nothing, and I've heard again, well, I'll take what I can get. Well, you got nothing. Are you happy with that? All it does is it there is talks no about the Britney Spears case. No, then there is nothing cited in there as a crime. Like if you isolate no, no, someone, no. Then oh, wait, there's no, no even worse I, than that. Let me speak. Okay, go ahead. I don't know. I was going to say it's even worse than that with the legislature. They're actually facilitating it that their, you know, pockets get bigger. They, you know, they're yeah. making an illusion. Yep, and it is. And I say the bill has nothing in it citing any crime. It makes suggestions. It makes observations. Um, but it, that gets down at the end. That, you know, everything is decided by the judge, whatever the judge says. It is a do-nothing bill. There's no crime cited. There's no enforcement, how to enforce that that criminal act. And there's no specifying who would perform enforcement what the specific charges would be if you were caught. There's nothing in it, nothing, absolutely nothing. And why would you be cheering this? Why, what is it you think you got? You, like I say, you got nothing. Are you happy with that? It's like the 2019 Elder Justice and Protection Act. Gee, many Christmas, it was 12 pages of crap. Uh, reiteration of state and federal laws against wiretap, mail fraud, and everything against the elderly. Not a peep, just like this current bill. Not a word. Not even an honorable mention of these predatory guardians, these crooked attorneys. Not a word. And then said that they were passing the uh, orders to develop model legislation to the DOJ, which I shot a hole right in that. You cannot, under the non-delegation doctrine, Congress cannot cede its lawmaking authority to an outside agent or agency. And, of course, nothing came anyway. They are not going to stop this. It's up to us to stop it. But first, we've got to get past this virus thing because they're going to take a great number of the elderly out with this. They've already yeah. done that. I think somewhere somebody estimated yes, they've done yeah, that. Yeah, they've done that already. Yes. So I think yeah. um, they're going to take. I'm not, uh, I'm the same, the same arguments, Marty. Here, that's just, it's exactly the same. There's no transparency. There's no accountability. I have evidence of people being abused. Actually, calling me up, evidence I've looked at it. Um, I was in a hearing a few weeks ago. The victim wasn't there. The victim 
was not there. They called up the aged care facility and said the victim just told us uh, they don't want to really attend their own hearing. I said, this is substitute decision-making. This is this, per- this person's life, and you're relying on an individual that's employed by a company that profits from this capture, and you as a member are accepting this? Well, I have the right to accept any evidence I want. That's what I heard. Then I questioned the capacity reports. Procedural fairness here. I said, can I see these capacity reports? Can I read them to see? No, I'm satisfied. I've got them in front of me. I don't need to show them to you. What happened to the rule of law? These are the people that are providing the statistics on on the deaths of the elderly, of people from dying from COVID and whatever. Believe it or not, you know, and people do have a different opinion on COVID and they can have that. We're relying on people that cannot be trusted. That's the point. There's no trust anymore. Yeah. There's no trust right. in this system. I don't trust our, our government. I don't trust them. There's enough evidence to question the, the mantra and the propaganda that they're, they're spewing out. People have the right to question. And if you question them, you're somehow a conspiracy theorist which I, yes, I rely on evidence, yes. I don't rely on, on gut feelings. Um, you, you're you're, you're labelled, you're attacked, you're vilified online, you're, you're humiliated. This is what they did in the 40s when anyone who spoke out was attacked, was vilified, was called... Yes. It's almost this fanaticism we think, and people yes. are dying in the meantime. Yes. Well, look at all the censorship, all these... All these uh, great writers yeah. and stuff, they're all censored now off of uh, Twitter. and Well, not Twitter yeah. so much, but YouTube for sure. Yeah, Twitter too. Yeah, Twitter too. yeah I'm going to be posting a piece that Brass Tech TV put out. It's called the Banned by Google Video Fest. And uh, <laughs> all the videos they oh, that's great on YouTube and everything. So I'm going to be posting that. We've got about four minutes left here. This has been a good conversation. Um, I tell your friend I wouldn't bother coming to Georgia. They're steadily taking us apart here, and the rents are so high he'd have to mortgage three of his kids to live here. And uh, but it's just uh, well, I'm not kidding you. You never saw anything like it. Um, but anyway, it just that and and the the weird part of that is there is houses sitting all over the place, empty apartment complexes that are half full. And yet the rents are through the ceiling and people are in the streets. Uh, go figure. Wow. But anyway, yeah. um, we're going to revisit this again. And um, uh, I'm going to start opening the chat room up on the show uh, so that Yay. people can chime in if they want. Yay! I yeah, love the chat. To, <laughs> yeah, we used to have a have a good time. And, and it allows it me hope. the ability to eject somebody out of there that gets too mouthy. <laughs> and... Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> and, yes, but uh, we, we're going to keep pushing. And um, uh, like I say, don't don't fall in for this crap about what a great bill this was. There's another one coming out by Nadler out of New Jersey. I think he's from he's New York or New Jersey, one of those two. And it's supposed to. I haven't been able to run it down just yet. But you can take your panties to the washer on this one you know damn well they won't mention these predator guardians these corrupt probate courts um a couple years ago up there in in minnesota i wrote a bill where it abolished the probate court because probate is only supposed to deal after death 
That's the only time okay. that you're supposed to, whether the state is test state or in test state. And <laughs> the idea of bringing someone into these tribunals and stripping them of their legal capacity, you need to be in a state court following the rules of evidence, the code of civil procedure, and present your yep. evidence, not just because you said so. Present your, if you're going to do this to somebody, you do it and allow them to have a jury trial or trial by jury. There is a difference. And, but allow them to do that. But see, they specifically set up this tertiary court system to make sure those things weren't done. There is no due process. I don't care what the ABA says. There is no due process. There is no fair treatment. Do what the ABA says. They're the ones who are fixing it. (laughs) fix There you go. That's exactly. You're you're listening to the people that constructed the system tell you how great it is. Um, We know it isn't. But anyway, ladies, we're down to about a minute. I want to thank you. Chris, thank you for calling in. I appreciate that. Thank you. Marsha, Lisa, it's always good having you two on. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do this. We'll do this again. Thanks, we'll have to see what Lisa later, guys. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye, Good Chris. night. Bye. Uh, um, yeah, I think she's just getting up <laughs> in the morning. But anyway, I'll talk to you all later. Have a good evening. And again, thank you for tuning in. Good night, everybody. Night. Night's a good fight.